0: The 4 o'clock football frenzy Frenzy. on Cofield and Company. Company.
1: Reminder, we got hockey coming up on the LV Sports Network. Uh, 4.30 today, Blues, Colorado. That's on 1230 the game, 1230 the game. We've got four sports stations. A lot of the uh, play-by-play stuff goes on to 1230 the game. So uh, tune in there if you want to hear some hockey in just a little bit. Of course, uh, VK Insider Show is on Flip the Channel now, 1340-989-FM. 9 if you uh, want to hear hockey talk with Ryan, the hockey guy, uh, over on 1340 and 98.9-FM. 9 <laughs> Adam Hill, what do you make of one... Well, let's start out with the let's start out with the important story here. They are collecting votes. Let's put in quotes, collecting votes around the NFL, getting a gauge of owners and trying to push Dan Snyder out of the league. This is going to happen, huh? Well, yeah, it's mess with anyone you want and treat anybody
2: however you want, but don't mess with our money. Yep. And I think Dan Snyder is quickly going to learn that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think he's go- he's going to find out that was the fatal flaw in his entire plan. Of you can run your organization any way you want to, but you don't take money from the other owners, and that's what he did. He essentially stole money from the other owners. So I allegedly, look, sure, according to them, it's it's why they're they're doing this. Right, is he was stealing money from them? According to them, and so I mean, it would make sense that that would get you kicked out of the league, but. Other things probably should have got him kicked out of the league, too.
1: I would say trying to build a stadium like 70 miles away from D.C. would be another reason for the NFL to step in and go, what are you doing? (sighs) And we had talked about this about a month ago. There were rumors that somewhere like down in the Woodbridge, Virginia, all the way down to Dumfries, Virginia, they were looking at property there, and they actually did spend $100 million on some land near Dumfries and they may buy another, I think it's like 70 to hundred acres. Are we serious here? Like, I think the San Fran situation is, is kind of absurd. Santa Clara from San Fran proper is far. Although you've got, I and you know what? In the case of DC, I get it's such a Metro area. It's just that, my God, if you're, if you're a commanders Redskins, WFT fan from North of DC. Yeah. Like a Maryland fan. Maryland-based fan, you got. What are you doing here? Yeah, and, and please don't send me maps of their loops, because those suck too. Uh I mean,
2: I could I could make the case in San Francisco. At least now it makes a lot more sense. With the Raiders mm-hmm. gone, you're basically trying to service the whole area. You're, you're trying to get to Oakland, San Jose, or San Francisco, uh, and 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 service all those fans. Yeah. And you're kind of centrally located. Like it kind of makes sense. Uh, Virginia one is Philly, as is uh, I know it's uh, one of my many places that I grew up. Uh, I was there from, I think, seven years old to 13 uh, in the D.C. area. And how many times did we go down to where this land is? Zero. Zero. And I was one of those. It's so far away. Maryland kids. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's silly. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I was looking on a map. I was like, I know the area fairly well. And I was like, man, that's far. Where's this? <laughs> it's far, so far down there.
1: But that's Snyder. Sure. Snydog. He, he doesn't the Snydog doesn't really care about his fans. He's just like, hey, we'll find him somewhere else. People don't go to the games here. Now ah, we'll just move the team somewhere else. And, and and the other thing is there's been a strong pushback because he's such a freaking creep of giving him public money anywhere near DC. So
0: yeah. he's
1: just, he just he has to go to the hinterlands to find some kind of support. Yeah. And, and he, you know there's always some dumbass in one of these counties, you know. We saw it with uh you know, I guess it's working out so far for the Braves. but we saw the Braves in what I thought was an ideal location—not the greatest neighborhood, but right there near Atlanta proper. And then they're like, "Yeah, you know, we're going to get out of here because what was it, Cobb County? will give us money, so let's get the hell out." Even
2: that, I've always heard how far it is. And then when I was driving down there a couple of years ago, not I was like, it's not that far. It's it's for baseball it sucks. It's every day yeah. different than football, but it, it's also there's a lot of people out in that area. A lot of their fans live in that area. They also did like a district with which is a cool baseball district. Did a lot of good things out there, um, and it's not as far as you might think. Uh, that that does make a it difference. it's baseball, though. But Snyder is all not only getting public money; but he's all flush with cash. He allegedly stole from all the other owners. So why not <laughs> why not just buy land and build something?
1: Big news of the day here in Vegas: Colin Kaepernick got a workout with the Raiders. Kaepernick hasn't really gotten a sniff from the NFL in years and years and years. Uh, Adam thinks uh, there may be. Um, a ruse. This could be a ruse. There, you know, there, there's some ulterior motives for the Raiders to bring him in. We'll get the thoughts of NFL Insider, College Football Insider, joins us every Wednesday. Analyst for UNLV football and played quarterback for the Rebels, Caleb Herring. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. High oh, fly ball to deep right yeah. field. Hey. The chop house and the Phillies have taken the lead here in the top of the ninth inning. Bryce Harper has blasted one. It's a 5-4 Phillies lead.
0: Former UNLV quarterback and current voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company.
1: Alright, here we go. Caleb is up. Busy, busy Wednesday. More and more breaking news to get into. Caleb, how you doing, buddy?
3: I am doing good. I'm doing good. A lot of breaking news here in Vegas. A lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on, especially in the sports world. But, hey, that's what we're here for, right?
1: Yeah, on the way back, you hear uh, Bryce Harper in the Phillies radio network, a hometown hero. We, uh, we can talk about maybe a future hometown hero here in a couple of minutes with the workout of Colin Kaepernick. But before we get to any of that and all the football, I wanted to get... Your take on a story we've been running by a lot of people, uh, MLB and Jackie Gate between Donaldson and Tim Anderson.
3: So, to understand this correctly, first I want to make sure I got this right. So, Donaldson mockingly calling Anderson Jackie. Correct. Uh, is there is there any more context to this than that?
1: <laughs>
3: well, apparently he
1: did it in the past. Um, now, keep in mind, Tim Anderson right. said that he's a Jackie Robinson of this generation. And when Donaldson did it to him in the past, Anderson says that he told Donaldson, don't ever say that to me again. And frankly, don't talk to me again. So then Donaldson says it to him twice in a game on Saturday. And then Anderson went into the dugout, told the rest of the White Sox, and they all flipped out. And then Donaldson tried to talk his way out of it, but it didn't make any sense.
3: Yeah, it's too late. I I think what y- you are what you say you are, and I think if, when somebody shows you who they are, we should believe them. And I think this is a case where Donaldson clearly is a a a nuisance at at least here, right? And that's like that's the the least of what he could be accused of being. Um, and I, I'm not here to speak on whether or not he's a racist person for the remark. I think people can form their own opinions, and I'll let them. But um, it is clear that there's a connotation, a racial connotation to whether or not, even if you say Anderson calling himself that, there is some sort of racial connotation to him even making that statement. So then, in turn, there is some sort of racial connotation for you mockingly calling him Jackie. Um, and obviously, this is not a personal thing with the two individuals. It's not like Anderson is overreacting. If his teammates felt so emboldened and, and, and um, infuriated by what was said, to leave the bench and, and start a brawl over it, I guess, and, or a conflict over it on the field, um, then obviously it's not just one guy overreacting to another guy's comments. It's what you're saying has a bigger context, really, like I, what you're insinuating has deeper meaning than, I guess, what your innocent backwalk explanation would suggest it was. Like it was not just some innocent, sarcastic one-liner that you thought would be funny. It was an intentional prod at somebody um, on a, a very sensitive topic that's been sensitive since basically the the dawn of American history. So, I, yeah, I, it's stupid. It's childish. It's a lot of things. And you have to accept them if you're Donaldson. Uh, any criticism that you get for it, own it like a man and just just take your your lump, your public criticism, whatever fine suspension that you get for it, um, for disrespecting one of the greatest baseball players, uh, greatest athletic figures of all time and Disrespecting somebody in present time with that same statement,
2: Caleb. Everything I know about locker rooms, I know from the wonderful, uh, very realistic show All American on the CW. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like, can there? And I don't, I don't know if there's any specific case, but are there times where like the locker room can be torn apart to the point of like we just don't like this guy? Like we, it's our teammates. We have to stand by him, but like I don't really want him here.
3: I don't want to play with him like, for for something he said. Yeah, absolutely, and maybe not even something he said, something he did that everybody knows. And that, like I, I'll say this as an example: not that it's ever happened in my locker <laughs> sure. rooms. So, that's what I was trying to but... ask without asking. <laughs> but when it, something like someone making an advance on uh, someone else's girlfriend, Ooh. right? And, and if that's known and in the locker it? room, yeah, there's no, there's no way that anybody <laughs> could could genuinely say like we we stand by our teammate, or we we can not awkwardly you know, practice together, right? there's there's things that are just off limits and things that everybody um, could kind of rally around saying, no, Um, there's some lines that get blurred and there's some things that maybe you make exceptions for as far as character flaws, but there are things where you cross the line. I don't know for sure that saying Jackie or calling somebody, Jackie is one of those things. I don't know that for sure, but I know that there are players who may have a more, uh, I guess, um, rat or, or more, passionate response to it than others were they and that tension could could definitely split Sorry,
2: were they the same position group or it was a two different position
3: (laughs) you're trying to (laughs) that would kind (laughs) of give away what point in time this happened i've been a part of many locker rooms going back to when i was eight years old so no i don't i'm not going to give that much away um it was it was a teammate and it did happen to me i'll give you that much it was a part of the team that i was on this incident happened and it was uh it was awkward to say the least (laughs) Caleb Herring with us. All right. What
1: do you think of Colin Kaepernick finally getting a workout and it's with our hometown Raiders?
3: Um, I got so many different feelings. And there's 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 the uh the football, the strictly football opinion, and I which will come first um because I'll I'll make it nicer at the end. Um strictly football speaking, just want to put the context of five years together. Uh, what five years away from the game might mean and uh, what potential risks are associated with that as far as what you can do on the football field. We watch every year how sloppy football is in the preseason and even early in the regular season after professionals who are in their primes um, take a couple of months off. At the quarterback position, when the game has changed considerably since Colin Kaepernick was Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, um and by that I mean the 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 premier athlete that he was when he took the Niners to the Super Bowl, um, which is kinda what people look at him as his potential and his ceiling. Um it's been five years at least since he's done that. To take a five year hiatus and come back to the game, um, I don't think you are you are anybody really is good enough to be a contributor on a football team of a professional football team. And then you factor in the age with that as well. I don't think it is a football decision to have Colin Kaepernick try out or work out for the Raiders. Um, and I, 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 that's not, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I don't think if people really examine the football aspect of it, they would come to a different conclusion to suggest that would kind of devalue what it means to be a starting or backup quarterback in the NFL that you can take a five-year hiatus and walk back in. Now, people have done it, and I'll point to Michael Vick, who took some considerable time off uh, during his legal battles and was able to come back and be a starter. Um, the age was a little different, and the time was a little shorter. But it can be done. I'm not saying it can't. It's just maybe not a worthy, uh, a worthwhile investment, if we'll say that. But the way that Colin Kaepernick was – I don't like to use the term blackball because there are so many different ways you can defend against that term. Um, if you're pro-NFL and not an anti-Kaepernick. So I don't like to say that. But the way that Kaepernick's career ended, I think anybody, and I, I, I will v- vouch for anybody who's a former player, for their career to be, by all means, taken from them without it being because you're not good enough. I think he deserves a chance to at least prove that he's not good enough. And I think what the Raiders will finally do if unintentional, if intentional, I don't know, will be to give him the opportunity that I think he was robbed of five, six years ago to show that maybe he is good enough. And then it, maybe he's not good enough and remove all doubt and controversy over the topic that is Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. His off the field um, activism and all that stuff aside, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I, I don't have to agree with him. I can I do agree with him in a lot of different ways. And I some ways I disagree with him but that's irrelevant to why i think he should be given this chance to remove all doubt that he's either good enough to be voicing that he wants a chance or he's not good enough it's kind of fair that it's this long that it took but at least at the end of it we'll know at least the raiders will know i don't i don't know how much access we'll have to the workout um or the evaluation process but the raiders will know and they'll be able to spread that word honestly hopefully Throughout the NFL, whether or not Kaepernick is good enough or is not good enough, and we can finally put the controversy around it, at least a little bit, to bed. Well, we we really won't. Uh, not to completely disagree, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. either they sign him and everybody
2: says it's a publicity stunt, or they don't, and people are like, "See, we told you he wasn't good enough." How how would Pete, how would you know? Like, we're not going right, to see and, and him so, actually
3: going through the workout. So how do we know? And that that's the point of to me where where Kaepernick now is off the field is, I think, more of a contributing factor at this point to why he doesn't have a chance, why he's not given a chance. is because, and I think you said it a little bit earlier when talking about Snyder, um, there's some things you don't mess with with the NFL, and it's their money. Um, And I think when Colin Colin Kaepernick got into the territory where he was a potential risk to the money-making power of each individual franchise that, let's say, took a chance on him, um, for lack of a better way to phrase it, um, that's when Kaepernick was blackballed, I'll say it there. That's when he was blackballed from the NFL. Um, now, because of that, because of that blackballing and what people interpreted that to mean, whether uh, whether explicit racism um, was what people, the conclusion people reached, now that is going to live with people um, because there's things that people will not let go of when it comes to racism and the ways that um, it disproportionately affects and disenfranchises black people. And you'll never be able to escape that in American history until I don't even know if if reparations would do it. But that's a part of the American conscience and psyche. Once he got to that level, it doesn't matter what you do for him as far as giving him a chance, putting him on a team, whatever. Anything you do for him to that point, he will always go down as a martyr for the cause of black equality um, in American society. So it's a lose-lose situation either way, which is why I feel like Maybe the Raiders and other teams have not touched it for five years because you cannot win um, in, in the eyes of some people in society. So, yeah, I, I would hope for some people who are rational about it, it could put it to bed a little bit. Um, but, like you said, I don't think it will. I don't. I think more, more people will forever talk about Colin, maybe Colin Kaepernick could be fifty years old and people will be like, he still should have got a chance. I, he could have been a starter somewhere, um, and that's that's just the way he'll live on. Cofield Company here on a Wednesday. Uh, let's
1: get to a little college football here briefly. UNLV had their Athletics Hall of Fame induction ceremony this last weekend. Ryan Wolf, wide receiver, went in, and you were coming in, what, the tail end of Ryan Wolf. And I wanted to point out that. Uh, you know, maybe because we have a lot of transplants in the area. And frankly, a lot of us say, we, you know, we cover UNLV and sometimes you just forget how great certain players were. When I, we talked to Ryan Wolf last week and when he started to look at the numbers, like, my God, this guy put up some great numbers. And, uh, I saw someone from the mountain West wire was like, yeah, it's pretty hard to believe that he's still the mountain West career receptions leader. And then someone responded to that by saying, especially since UNLV hasn't had a good quarterback for 30 years, Whoa. which I uh, then tagged you on. I'm sure you know, you'd know you like to argue <laughs> that one. But just on Wolf himself and how good a player he was at the time and, and his legacy from a number standpoint.
3: That's uh, incredible. And I, I'd agree with the sentiment of that original tweet, not the 30 years part, but the, <laughs> the tweet about how incredible it is that it stood the test of time, essentially, because yeah. college football is a lot different, you know, even – it's not that long ago, but when you when you think about it, but in the time since Ryan graduated and left UNLV to now, the the college game is so much different, right? And it's not like we're talking just yards; it's like actual number of receptions. You think about how many guys just catch little bubble screens, and we talk about that as being you know completions and or you know little touch pass reverses that that receivers get the count as completions. And yet here he is still atop the list. And the 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 names at wide receiver that have gone through the Mountain West that have not eclipsed him yet. I mean, we're talking about Devontae Adams um, being one of those names. We're talking about Devontae Davis, if we're talking about UNLV history, one of the best receivers in the Mountain West to me, and that was one of my receivers. But you talk about the legacy and what that means and how that impacts people, and I, I, I'm i going to talk from personal experience. I got to watch him practice, and I think that was one of the most revealing things about the guy is watching him practice, especially as an underclassman while he was there, um, and watching the attention to detail that he and Coach Sinkovich had Um, and that the receivers in general had following his lead um, is one of the reasons why the passing game was so potent and so efficient. And I think that's probably the most accurate way to describe him was the efficiency with which he played football. He wasn't the fastest guy. He's a strong, he's a big, strong guy, but he was efficient with his movement. He's efficient with his hands and efficient with his reps, whether it was in practice or in games. And that's the kind of efficiency and consistency that I think builds greatness. And that's what His legacy will be at UNLV and and throughout the Mountain West.
1: Last couple minutes here with uh, Caleb Herring. Uh, Folks don't know Caleb, former quarterback at UNLV, is on the call of the games, hosts the Marcus Arroyo radio show, is also in law enforcement. And I'm just curious to hear your reaction to Steve Kerr and his uh, impassioned speech about the school shooting in Texas.
3: I think uh, impassioned is the best way to describe how everybody feels um, about What happened in Texas, what happened in Buffalo, what happens um, across the country, what is becoming far too often, far too frequently. um, And what is just really a a, a blemish on the record of our society. Um, And I think impassioned is perfectly a a perfect way to put it. And I think Steve Kerr, the passion that he captured on the podium was spot on Um, as a parent um it is my worst fear to receive a call that is in any way similar to what happened in Texas um and i'm i'm very much aware of any argument um to defend the second amendment and defend individual rights to gun ownership and um and the like i i'm fully aware of those things but the humanity of being driven to action by the passion of tragedy is what I think we can't ignore. Um, I think there's so much that we should be doing and it's not just after tragedies, it's not just gun reform, it's so much that we should be passionately doing to make our society a better place. Um, And for my children, the idea that they have to worry and I have to worry And their friends have to worry about being ripped from this world by some maniac that was born and bred here in America, a product of what we have built as a society. That is a sad and scary future that I don't want to participate in. And I'm I'm just as impassionate um, as Steve Kerr about finding a way to make it better. Um, And I think that's what we all should focus on. We might disagree along the way. But the focus should be building a better world than what we have right now. And I'm passionate about that. Steve Kerr is obviously passionate about that. Whoever's in the political seats should be passionate about that. Um, and and everybody needs to be on board with making that future a reality and figuring out how it can be done together. That's 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 what America should be right now. Not uh not a lot of other things that it, it's shown itself to be in the wake of such a tragedy. But I, I I agree with where where Steve Kerr is coming from. Let's do something. Let's stop, you know, hindsighting it and what we should have done. And thoughts and prayers out to the. Vi- let's let's try to stop their being victims in the first place. Let's 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 focus on that, and we should all be passionate about that. Caleb, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. You have a good rest of the day. There he is,
1: Caleb Herring. Uh, you know, we should mention, you know, Caleb. Was pointing out the uh, the Texas school shooting, the Buffalo Market shooting, um, also in the last ten days or so. And Kurt mentioned it, the Southern California shooting. And I don't know if we mentioned this on the air, but uh, the one gentleman who died at that church was a doctor, uh, and actually has ties, you know, sort of to the UNLV community because Johnny Stanton, former quarterback and linebacker, now an NFL player with the Browns, tweeted out, "Hey, that was my primary care physician. Just terrible, right?" The guy tried to help, and he loses his life. Uh, Speaking of Johnny Stanton, if you go to Johnny Stanton IV, Johnny Stanton IV on Twitter, he's actually running a – he's involved in a charity right now that I believe closes tomorrow. They've got a silent auction. So go up to Twitter, check it out. We'll retweet it, Johnny Stanton IV, and he's got a a good charity going in the uh, Cleveland area here that's going to – go for a few more days so get the details there we'll get back to some of the big news of the day with Kaepernick and especially the John Gruden court appearances. Judge Dan is up shortly
2: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas I've learned more this offseason than I probably ever have about nutrition sleep wellness all that stuff but at the same time, I need to maintain my weight and be able to take hits, so there's a fine balance for every player. For me, I've definitely trimmed down on the body fat a little bit, and then I'll get a chance to bulk back up and
0: um, before the season starts and be able to absorb the hits. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company.
1: Like the wall, tape sticks Big to the wall. Mac like the Big Mac Jones. Big Mac Jones. Get it? Sea. BM Jones. Players with the Patriots raving about his conditioning. Do you find it weird that you could come out of Alabama and be tubby at quarterback? It is weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I hope it works out for him. The scary part was he said he trimmed down, but now he's going to bulk back up. Uh, Trust us bulk up the right way. Don't do it. The Cofield and company way. Uh, speaking of that, I uh, may have to make a stop in tonight as I rub my ample chest. Um, I don't know why I was doing that. I was just thinking about the meal I could have. Did you see that? Uh, have you ever been to a big boy?
2: I mean, Steve, I'm from the Midwest. Okay. Right? So I have told the story. My dad like had like a whole con at Big Boy that he wanted me to participate in, and I was like, no. What was the con? He, he's one of these like, you know, if you order the 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 big boy hamburger, then you got the salad bar for like four dollars. Okay. And he would say, "Well, you're getting the salad bar. I'm getting the hamburger. We'll just we'll, we'll, one person." And I'm like, "No, it's not how it works. You gotta order it separately." What are you doing? This is
1: as an adult or as a no? Like
2: you were both adults? Oh, it was when we were kids. He would force us to do I mean, it. You and see then, why he did it, right? Sh- sure. I mean, no, it was, no, it wasn't Big always boy, the best of times around the Hill family. Sure, but but Big Boy was very affordable, so there was no okay. need to do that. But then, yes, it, like three years ago, I was in Detroit with him, and he tried to do it. I was like, "No, I'm an adult. I'm paying for the bill, and you're ordering your own thing."
1: Wow. So uh, the only big boy uh, in range of Vegas is an in Indian Springs Hill, and that's at a terrible casino. That's until they just open one up in the Northwest Valley, and they've gone with a bar theme, bar tavern theme. Okay. Um, you guys did more than just rewrite a press release, which I see way too much of um, on places like this. I'm kind of interested. It's an iconic place, sure. right? Might have to make the uh, trip up to. Uh, the Sky Canyon Marketplace is that where the uh, the Smiths with the bar is? I mean, that could be a big bar day for me. Um, <laughs> bar hopping. Are you mad if the thing that intrigues me the most about the Big Boy Bar and Tavern on the north side of town is their coney? Check that. They have chili, as it's described as kind of a Coney Island chili, but there's no beans on it uh, in it. Has zesty flavor. It's distinctly not Tex-Mex chili con carne. As your writer says, it's similar to aromatic Cincinnati style chili. Oh no. Here we go. Let's go. All right. Big boy. Aromatic is something. Uh Big Boy. And by it, the way, they're uh they're working on the 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 giant statue, which I think didn't they uh they don't they have like a, a big girl and a big boy? Don't they have a, a female version too? So
2: Oh, they went inclusive?
1: Yeah. Big boy. Big girl. W- woke boy. Uh
2: I, f- I wish I the name like was Big Girl. I would go there all the time. Sure. Uh if they don't have the very standard like six item salad bar i'm out these
1: are the best of times we're out of covid and salad bars right. are back salad bars are back i'm very you love the salad bar it's the greatest thing on earth that may have been the uh, well there are some pretty bad things during covid but that that could be one of the biggest losses for you a million people dead hey eh. got my bars salad are gone. bar They're gone and sweet tomatoes went out of business <laughs> like day 1 by the way they knew it was coming yeah, yeah. It It wasn't going to happen again have you have you gone to a uh, open air bar not I don't mean to drink. I mean for food. Uh, yeah. To a salad bar. Yeah, like Are five days a week. <laughs> All right, he's right back in. Yeah. All right. Might have to spend a lunchtime up north. Let's go. No, nah, I go the same one every day. I'll scout it out for you.
2: Thank and you. I'll
1: and I'll try their whatever their chili is. Used to go I'm like, sure I'll like it. And a, they have it's a chili spaghetti too. So
2: come it on. It was like the uh, the big boy combo, which would be the the hamburger, this traditional big boy hamburger with the fries, and then the salad bar, and it'd be like nine dollars total. Um, I know the answer
1: to this for you is yes. Um, you ever realize a, a time, a bunch of time goes by uh, with someone you consider a friend or an acquaintance that so you had no idea um, of a, a big change in their life? I had no idea how fat Judge Dan was at one point. Like he, he tweeted last week. He's like, he was saying he lost like 175 pounds since I worked with him in the early 2000s. Like, I, I just roll with the punches. I didn't, I didn't think he was that big. By the way, is a bad going to break? I'm like, I don't think he's that much smaller now. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The cool part about um, to be able to almost start all over again is you're able to learn from your experiences of what's gone really, 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 really really well. Learn from the experiences of, okay, what could we have done better? What could I have done better? And then also, too, for the opportunity to just continue to learn.
0: Hanging at the Battle Born Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company.
1: Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback. I think a lot of Raiders fans are just going to use the summer to kind kind of cram that whole thought down of the Broncos being a lot better. I'm seeing a lot of ignoring of that fact. So we don't have to deal with Russell Wilson right now. But I did want to talk about a couple of Denver stories. But most importantly, John Gruden in court today. Uh, We're hearing scored some victories, so we want to talk about the court process and what this means moving forward. Judge Dan, he's a real judge. He's our friend, even though I just uh, said he was kind of fat. He's not. He's actually lost a lot of weight. Uh, He leans in with us every once in a while as a
0: legal insider. Dan, how you doing? Good. Didn't have any Bob's Big Boy audio? (laughs) <laughs> or I guess it's just big boy audio. You didn't have yeah. these big boy sound bites to come in with. Uh, I will get
1: a video of uh, the big boy chili spaghetti so you can rank it. You can rate it yeah. as you like yeah. to do on the uh, internet.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, actually, the, this is major, uh, major stuff in the Gruden thing. Not necessarily just for the Gruden case, but for the NFL at large, for other uh, legal cases, uh, mainly on the arbitration thing. Uh I don't know if you guys are familiar with um the way the nfl arbitration system works
2: <laughs> roger name? goodell being the king arbitrator
0: yeah exactly i mean this is one of the most absurd principles that has been allowed to fly in the legal system and what this judge now this could be swatted down now this could be appealed and uh an appeals court could say that this federal judge has swatted this down but Um, from, from, from my mind, from a legal perspective, it reeks of conflict of interest because in this case, um, what the NFL was trying to do, Roger Goodell was at the center of this case. Let's make no mistake about this. And what the NFL was trying to do was say, well, let's just let him go ahead and decide it. And this judge said, get out of here. No way, no way, no, how that's going to happen. Um, one, uh, I agree with Gruden's lawyers that say, Well, he's no longer an NFL employee, so he's therefore no no longer subject to that clause. And two, the judge did also say in a ruling, yeah, I'm concerned with the fact that Goodell, who's all over this thing, is also going to decide it. No way. Um, But this could, you know, and we call it precedent in legal circles, clear the way for, you know, striking down these clauses moving forward or future courts to say, yeah, we don't look so favorably on the NFL trying to um, strong-arm future litigants using um, these type of clauses. Like like we've learned um, in these, you know, used to be uh, certain, you know, corporations, things like that would use these, um, you know, non-disclosure agreements to, you know, uh, silence, you know, do bad things and then silence employees or victims. And those are in large part going away. Uh, well, maybe this will be used to kind of, stop the nfl from using that and it really is like adam was getting to it's ridiculous uh, the way the nfl not only just set up an arbitration clause because i actually like arbitration oftentimes i'll prefer that to a full-blown trial uh type thing but when the arbiter the arbiter the judge so to speak is roger goodell himself i'm like that's that's nuts huh.
2: so i, I don't want to dive too deep into the woods but i am very intrigued by a couple of parts of this When when we talk about precedent and and maybe applying to some other cases that would ordinarily, the NFL would argue, be going to arbitration under their constitution. In this case, there was a specific argument made by Gruden's attorneys that said, look, yes, if he, according to the contract he signed with the Raiders, he agrees to arbitration as part of that contract. That's part of the NFL constitution. We get it. But what they said is before any of that could take place, he resigned and signed an agree- a separation agreement from the Raiders. And so that, in itself, freed him from any p- possible arbitration with the NFL because now it's his agreement with the Raiders that would apply, not his his contract with the Raiders and with the NFL. Would, would that still carry to other cases? Would that set precedent? Or does that make this case unique?
0: Well, it's always going to depend on how you argue that, that particular case. Uh, now, here would be an interesting thing, though. Think about this. Brian Flores was fired, no longer an NFL employee, now is rehired and an NFL employee, huh. but still moving forward with his lawsuit. So how would that apply? Sure. Right? How are they going to apply it? Hmm. Isn't yeah. that interesting?
2: So I, I do want to get into what the ramifications of this decision today particularly were. Now, a lot of people are talking about, hey, they filed a motion to dismiss. Uh, it was rejected. Uh, I, I'll just start there because that's the very easy one to handle, I think, and say that was just a standard procedure that we just expected, right?
0: Well, that part is, yeah, the, that was a kind of a, a legal Hail Mary. You wouldn't expect that to be granted unless the lawsuit was just so largely yeah. frivolous that it had no shot to begin with. Kind of like the uh, Avs, uh, Avs and Nuggets lawsuit against Comcast here in Denver, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of a, most of that lawsuit get did get dismissed because it lacked merit. Uh, if Gruden's lawsuit lacked all merit then it would have been dismissed the judge is saying here not that john gruden is particularly right Right. uh, but what what it did say was he has a right to believe that he has a right to believe that his boss or the boss of the entire league uh was disparaged in this emails and that maybe uh that something happened because of it that was essentially from what i was gathering that they said happened you know that the the reason the judge said, yeah, he, he has a right to believe that and he can move forward. and He sure. has to prove it, but he has a right to move forward.
2: And the judge did say it's a very high bar for that. So there, that was, you know, there was really not a whole lot of chance that that happened. The other much more significant ruling to me being in the courtroom today was on the fact that it would stay here in the court and not go to arbitration. Because what that does is as the case moves forward, whether it, it's found in his favor or not, if there's no settlement made – It's going to take place in a courtroom and not an arbitration hearing, which means discovery, which could be massive in terms of what we find out from this case,
0: right? Which means, which means back up, which means there's going to be a settlement. Settlement. That's what it means. Hold on, Dan. Before
2: you get to that, hold on. I don't think he cares about the money.
0: Like I think he just went to this. I think he just went to
2: this to try to get that stuff out.
0: No, 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 no. First off, stop. He does care about the money. Second, a settlement allows him to be employable again and now think about this though think about this in terms of the st louis uh versus nfl settlement they have had this huge string of losses with judges i mean they keep getting kicked in the teeth and litigants keep getting more and more leverage now first off john gruden i don't believe has a case here so he will use this to leverage right uh the this into a a very handsome settlement which will then allow him to become employable again it's just like this uh johnny Depp case which i we may or may not have time to get to i don't think johnny Depp, you know may, may probably won't win but he's he's going to be an actor again that's what he was huh. looking for he will get future roles because he's now looking like a good guy or somewhat of a good guy again right he looks like a winner again and if john if john Gruden can score a victory or a perceived victory against the NFL, which he's not going to go all the way to trial and get a victory, right? And it's, you know everybody thinks, oh, well, we'll just go to Discovery and we'll, we'll out all this stuff. Um, th- that's highly unlikely. Um, but he will use this as leverage. He'll get money and a settlement and what a settlement means and what he can use it as a spin machine to get, which means more jobs.
2: Okay, let me just. I know that you that you believe that, and I think it's obviously. Like as I tweeted, as soon as the hearing was over today, well, time for the settlement talks to start because the NFL wants no part of this. Let's say that he was in it just to get this information out. Let's just say that that he won't take a settlement. He does. I don't care what the money is. We're going to trial. Can, first of all, can he force a trial if he doesn't settle? And how much would we learn? Like, how much would discovery become public, and how what would come out in discovery potentially?
0: Well, first, it, first off, he'd have to be right to get to trial because it would go to motions first. And my my guess is, and he's on a huge fishing expedition. And you've got to remember this discovery in this case would be limited in scope, at least initially. It's you know, a relevant facts. And the NFL will spend all of its billions and trillions of resources to limit discovery. And unless he's really right, which who knows if John John Gruden's right or not, um, but but the high likelihood is that he's not, and that he's fishing, and he's mad, um, and so he would have to be pretty much right. Like you were saying, it's a very very high bar. And what what a judge is saying when they said that was, it's a high bar, but I'm not going to dismiss your case today just because the NFL said so, because you know you have you've alleged just enough sufficient facts to move forward and just because the nfl says well i don't think he he said anything doesn't mean it gets dismissed and that's what the judge said there's a high bar moving forward we're going to go through discovery we'll go through some motions some more motions later and if you haven't shown me something i'm going dis- to dismiss your case at that point
1: dan we got like two minutes left judge dan the fan does shows with uh, the fan in Denver. Well, then
0: I want to get to the Florio the Florio steak. Can we do that?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about steak Twitter because we had a couple of violations the last week or so. Mike Florio, pro football talk, claimed to have cooked a Wagyu, which uh, did not look good, was extremely rare, ruined that steak. And then we saw Bobby Bones, a country national DJ, say that he got a uh, steak from what, Ruth Chris, and had it medium well, and it was just slathered. He was going to dump A1 all over it on top of blue cheese. So, bigger violation?
0: All right, so here's the, I have a character called the Grill Samaritan, where I go out and get these really expensive infrared grill jerks. That's the Mike Florio steak is an example of why Uh. that character exists, because those steaks, they cook steak after steak that looks like that burnt on the outside, raw on the inside, and then these rich jerks go, ah, and they never use the grill again, and it just rots in their backyard. And I scoop it, and I get them for free, and I give them away to people. I clean I them up, and I give them <laughs> away to poor people for free because rich idiots like Mike Florio don't know how to cook a steak. That's how the grill Samaritan was born. Uh, so, yes, bigger violation, Mike Florio, because I think, Steve, you may have hit it on the head. I think Bobby Bones was just trolling everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah he was just he was having some fun with it and I, and I pointed out um to another pro football talk guy miles simmons who we have on on tuesdays like how rich is florio if he did this on purpose or not like wagyu's not cheap and to just destroy a wagyu and it, you know who knows maybe he continued to cook it which means the outside was completely inedible yeah, but you you not you don't want for a bit you're not going to ruin a wagyu
0: oh and florio's not that clever he's not going to ruin a uh, do a bit like he's just not, he's not that funny. He thought he had a really good looking steak, and it was like, you know, people thought, I thought it was a tuna steak. Yeah, or something. That's what, everyone like, thought. what is that thing?
1: It's so crazy. <laughs> um, we yeah. will have to have you on again to uh, get to some of the other topics because I definitely want to talk about what's going on with the Broncos and ownership. Uh, long range prediction is it going to be one of another one of the Walmart guys? Because uh, you know, the crockies are tied I... to Walmart Walmart, but the uh the uh, the Walmart dude who is a Walton actual Walton uh, family member um is worth like 70 billion dollars is that going to be the guy
0: um god i hope not uh it just depends on who shows up with the the most money the the only good thing in our favor is the waltons are so cheap he may not want to bid enough to get the broncos um so maybe not we were supposed to hear from one of the uh the nephews of the waltons today stan Kroenke's son josh i was i was kidding uh, they were, uh, Cofield, I said, he's going to give a press conference today, which is more rare than, uh, Cofield at a yoga class. And sure <laughs> enough, it was just like, so, you know, Cofield going to yoga eh, I'll do it tomorrow. And of course, Cronky didn't show up. He says, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. So we didn't even get to have that today.
1: Dan, we appreciate it. When's your next time on the fan?
0: Uh, tomorrow night, actually, uh, nice. doing, uh, the show with, uh, former Bronco, Nick Ferguson six to nine.
1: Excellent. Thanks Dan. Thanks guys. There, there he is. is. Judge Thanks, Dan. Dan. Good guy. My God. You know, Florio's a lawyer. We could have a real battle here with, uh, well, So Dan's a lawyer as well.
2: Allegedly a bad stake.
1: Yes. Well, it was, no, it wasn't allegedly a bad stake. Uh, I, I don't think he said anything that was going to take up uh, some, some sort of uh, defamation, but uh, he said he's not funny. So I guess that was defamatory.
2: Allegedly.